Well, shit. How do you Should I message him? Yeah. Yes. Shoot him a message on, on the old Tinder. I mean, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Ads is unavailable. Fuck. I'll try them again. Alright, ads is unavailable again. Well, shit. Fuck. Damn it. Well, welcome to Midwestern Fins Podcast. This is your co-host. This is your co-host. Taylor Ballard with my other trusty co-host Matt Hagler. We got a special surprise guest, Weck. What up, Matthias? Yo, yo, yo! What's going on, guys? How you doing? I just want—I just wanted this to be really candid, so yeah. If we want to cut all this and restart, we can. But <laughs> it is what it is. That's completely up to y'all. I'm cool with whatever. Yeah, I'm good. Let's go. So. I have a small story to tell, and uh, for those of you that are listening at this point, if we don't cut this out, um, we all know that Wex from Texas. Mm-hmm. I got to meet him when I went down to Houston, so it was awesome. We had dinner at a Mexican place that actually had some phenomenal food. But mm-hmm. um, where I work, we have uh, multiple plants throughout the United States, and one of the plants happens to be in Snyder, Texas, which is like northwestern Texas. And they got... 14 into the snow yesterday and today. What? Yes. West Texas got 14 inches of snow in one day. That's more than I'm getting right now. What the? Right? Isn't that nuts? So, a little bit of backstory, though. I I was told that's the most snow that they've gotten in one event in over 20 years. Damn. It's the most. 20 years. Yeah, 20 years they haven't gotten 14 inches of snow. Jeez. And I haven't like, even seen get, 14 inches of snow in my life. I get 14 inches of snow 20 times in one. Whew. No, thank you. But yeah, they are uh, like, uh, I was told that every single snowplow in the county got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and, they were, <laughs> and they were having a difficult time. Like getting the roads open enough for like record crews to go get the snowplows out. Oh my so, god, that's amazing. Like, when we joke that Texas shuts down when it gets snow, <laughs> it's like a real thing. I mean that that's a that's fourteen inches. I'm Texas shuts down over here, which is much further south than Snyder, for like not even an inch of snow. Well, I used to live in Abilene for a little bit. Yeah. And I had a snow day and it was pretty much frost. <laughs> yeah, it's a dusting probably. Yeah, I... it was it was a dusting. While you're on the topic of Apple, um, could either of you guess what is in common between Abilene, Texas, and Rapid City, South Dakota? A fuck ton of churches. They're in the middle of nowhere. Um uh, both of those are true, but that's not what I was going for. Uh, if you Texas, say Whataburger, I'm going to flip my shit. <laughs> no, Whataburger is not in South Dakota. Thank God. Uh, I was going to fucking riot. There are only two uh, two Air Force bases in the United States that house B-1 bombers. And one happens to be in Abilene, Texas, and the other one is Ellsworth Air Force Base here in Rapid. How do you know that? Like... How? Well, so like, 
eighty percent of the B ones are in Rapid City. Okay. So then, so then people are like, "Where is the other twenty percent?" And then they're like, "Oh, it's in Abilene, Texas." So. Yeah. Okay. That's just like a, a random fact to know about. I think Minot <laughs> has the fifty twos and like a third of the missiles. And then yeah, Montana's got a bunch. I was born I on an Air that. Force base. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I know that for like a little while in the 1960s, South Dakota had the highest population of nuclear weapons because they weren't worried about them blowing up and killing people. So they just killed <laughs> nowhere, South Dakota. So uh, that's I, fair. Didn't I say in... something about that with fireworks? Yes. Maybe. You did. I remember that. That was the Mount yeah. Rushmore episode. Yeah. Yes, it was. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly right. That was with Vero. <laughs> um, was it Vero or was it your dad? It was my dad. Yeah, Montana okay. Kim. Montana Kim. Oh, shit. Uh, I didn't get him any beef jerky yet. <laughs> <laughs> Better He's going to hear this on the podcast, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah the like, way. If, if you drive through the middle of South Dakota, like you'll occasionally see like 12 foot chain link barbed wire fences that have like nothing inside of them. But uh, basically it's just a decommissioned uh, nuclear warhead. Oh, wow. I think that they've removed most of them, but there's still some like around. I know that there's one um, just a few miles from my house. It's like 15 miles, a few 15 miles. Uh, It's still close enough to be uh, affected if it explodes, right? That one doesn't actually have anything in it. It's just like the housing that it used to be, but it's still like closed off, and it's still yeah. maintained like a government property. So, uh-huh. like the road is still really nice to it. The fence mm-hmm. is still like nice and straight and tight, and then the grass gets mowed like you know periodically. So it's just kind of so kind of weird. So there are little spots in South Dakota that are in pristine condition, and the rest of it is just. Uh, yes. I mean, all of East River is garbage, so. What if there was a West Dakota and South Dakota, or a West Dakota and East Dakota? Uh, West Dakota is basically Eastern Montana, so. What's going uh, on, fellas? Yo, oh, what's up? fuck. Oh, no, fucking whores. It. Yo, whores. Oh, shit. Hey, get the fuck off. <laughs> Go away. Get out of here. Hey, we got another guest, a surprise guest. Oh, Tank. My life is ruined now. I just want to prepare you guys for this amazing love fest between Weck and Tank. Really oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. I can't no, wait. No, fuck you. Oh, why so hostile? It hasn't even been 30 seconds already. You fucking I'm, I'm, I'm lobbing some preemptive strikes. All right, good. Easy. Do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What's going on, fellas? How you doing, buddy? What up? I'm all right. Yo, what's the weather like down in Miami? Nice. Weather in Miami right now is 79 degrees. Oh, man, clear sky. Wonderful. It's a beauty. I fucking love it. It's a beauty, it's, uh, man. 30 degrees and snowing viciously here in South Dakota right now. It's great. Damn. It's like 44 degrees and not snowing here in Texas. So, it's all right. So I just passed a like uh, an electronic billboard in the interstate, mm-hmm. and it 
you know, it's like a, you know, don't text and drive thing. Mm -hmm. But in comparison, other than like heart disease, car accidents is like the leading death in the United States, I think, or like one of the leading deaths. Because we don't know how to drive. Right. South Dakota is so small. There's only been four accidents that caused deaths this year. Wow. wow! Wow, that's crazy. I, I bet there's like a hundred in Texas. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold I'm on sure, a sec. I'm Hold sure on four a sec. just happened right now in Miami. <laughs> right. Hold on. You said four this year. It's only been January. Right, but that's still like only that's less than one a week. I bet there's like fifteen a day in Houston. No doubt. There were, I think there were about three thousand traffic fatalities last year in Texas. How many? Three thousand? Shit. I don't know the number for Florida, that's, but that's, <laughs> well, nobody can drive in Florida. So like probably off the charts. Californians ruin our driving record here. I <laughs> <laughs> don't know how to drive in the snow. Can we all agree say fuck California? Fuck California. Fuck California. Yeah, that's right. I just went along with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are we not- we joke about Californians in South Dakota too because they have all this money, so they'll come and like buy a shit ton of land mm. and then like destroy it or like cut all the trees down so they can build their house and they'll live in for two weeks. Way to ruin nature. Assholes. Yeah. Hope trees but they're environmentally the conscious, right? Yes. Yeah, sure they are. Yeah. My whole trees that, grow into your house then. Some, some rich dude just got done building an eight million dollar house in the middle of Scrooge's Cave. And why that's that's crazy and it's just like a vacation home you know it like yeah canyon gets a ton of snow so it's unrealistic to try to live there year round unless you have a 20 foot tall snowblower so they literally only live here for a couple weeks out of the summer and then the other 11 months that we have snow they can't must be nice must be nice that's crazy oh power to them Yep. Yes. Right. Well, fellas, this is our first uh, postseason uh, Midwestern Fins. We've had a few preseason. We had a bunch <laughs> during the season. Now this is our first postseason uh, Midwestern Fins. So. Awesome. Awesome, so awesome, awesome. Guys, thanks for joining us, by the way. Yeah, you're welcome, buddy. Thanks for having us. I think that I was – was I the only one that wanted the 49ers? Everybody else was rooting for the Chiefs. I wanted the 49ers to win. Yeah, I was going to say, Haggis thought the 49ers were going to win. Haggis was balls deep in that D-line, so I guess that's <laughs> Yeah, I, I was I was right for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was mostly indifferent to it for it. I either I thought Niners were going to win just because of the defense. Because, you know, they played consistent defense all year long, and they just got better as the time went on. It wasn't like... They started strong, then fell off, and then got strong again. No, they were consistent for 17 weeks, and mm-hmm. in, and in the playoffs they just dominated. So I thought I thought for that alone they were going to win, um, which somewhat I was kind of head you know head on, but obviously the magic of Patrick Mahomes came in, and when it counted, he needed he made the plays that he needed to make. And um, but I mean I'm happy for Andy Reid. Again, I, I'm indifferent. I, it doesn't really matter to me. It's not the Dolphins. So I could care less, mm-hmm. to be honest. I might be wrong in this state, but 
out of the teams that have won a Super Bowl, the Chiefs were the longest um, drought of a Super Bowl win. So they won, you know, obviously 50 years ago. But I think that the next longest drought is the Dolphins. And the yeah. like seven years or something like that. So, <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, that, here's that, my here's my caveat. That's, that's only for teams that have won a Super Bowl. There have been there are a few teams in the league that haven't won a Super Bowl at all and have mm-hmm. been in longer. So like the Lions and the Cardinals, um, Falcons, uh, the Vikings, <laughs> the Falcons. But the Falcons aren't a, an original team. No, they're not. They were an that's, expansion. No. That's true. So but... were the Texans. So were the Texans and Jacksonville as well. But the Panthers. Texans are of the newest team. Yeah. Go ahead, Haggy. What was your caveat? Oh, uh, you already hit it. Oh. You're good. Okay. <laughs> well, never mind then. Yep. It's all good, I- though. I'm not disappointed. Like the my favorite thing about the Super Bowl is that it didn't have Tom Brady in it, right? Which is amazing. Agreed. And Agreed. I just love that we got to see different teams for once. Yeah, and, and honestly, it was an exciting game. I think it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, it had its, you know, it had its, it had its crazy moments. Um, I, I, I think the referees let them play. I, I wasn't a big fan of the kiddo call. Um. And but at the end of the day, you know, it's well, his offensive pass interference at the end of yeah. the game. At, yeah, yeah, that was fucking trash. Yeah, but I thought the eleven so, play. The, the, I, hold on, I want to I want to step back on that. They were okay with calling that in the Super Bowl, but they weren't okay with calling that in the Viking Saints game. Yeah, it's I crazy. mean, it, it's almost identical. It was almost right. exactly the same. Right, I disagree. I, you do. I do. Explain. Um, in the Vikings game, I don't think is it Rudolph the tight end. I don't. I don't yeah. know that yeah. team. But the tight end didn't really gain much separation um, from the defensive back. It was just a very well placed ball. Whereas in the Super Bowl, you could see he clearly pushes him twice. Like, and he extends the arm, and that he gained clear separation. So I think uh, I think yeah, those I are the major differences. Okay, I, I could see that being a difference. I guess I'm more of a the the proponent. I'm going to say I'm a proponent for allowing hand fighting to exist because That's not in both fighting, situations, I, I get it's not, but in both situations the defender was also pulling, doing the same thing. The only right. difference is that Kittle was actually able to, you know, outpower his opponent of doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Whereas it might not have been so clear in Rudolph's situation, but I don't no. know. I just uh, I feel like pass interference is going to be an issue, and the fact that we're allowed to challenge it now, but they weren't really overturning any of them, it's just um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Just on the uh, little fun fact, just on the push off, I want to see this coming year how Devonta Parker gets called because now he is an elite. And if you watch, yeah. if you watch, listen, if you watch a lot of the games, and if you go back to the Philly game, he did the same thing Kittle did. I want to say two to three times in the game, and not one flag was called. But again, he's not a star. You get what I'm saying? So he's not mm-hmm. the, the refs. The refs aren't keeping an eye on him. But now that he is, and now that he's our marquee player. I want to see this year 
can does he how many times can he get away with it because a couple of games he did it multiple times no knock on him hey mm-hmm. get it get it how you living fuck it but but especially in the Philly game you clearly see he pushes off a lot of times and not once was he called for it. so i want to see this year um how that how that plays in into his game well not yeah, only is he not only is he an elite receiver now, but he's also a Miami Dolphin, so of course they're going to call oh, offensive of pass interference yeah. all the time on him now. You're right. You're right. No doubt. I guess I guess I don't know if I paid attention to enough of it because you know, no expectations can't gang for the Dolphins, but was there any games this season that the outcome was changed because of a bad referee call? Uh, the Jets game, maybe? The, for the Dolphins, the Jets game. Yeah. Absolutely the Jets game. There's no doubt in my mind. That was it. Okay. That was, to me, that was the one game. I mean, every other game, I, I mean, there were barely any, you know. It wasn't really competitive. <laughs> yeah, not only that, but there weren't any crazy, you know, from your normal holding and yeah. offsides and just your normal, your normal flags. Aside from the Jets game, which I think was complete, utter bullshit, but... No, that was just that that game. What are you referring to? Because I don't remember. I remember the Jets game, but I don't remember the specific like flags. Um, was it the the roughing the passer on on three? Was it that one? No, I thought it was Nick Needham's. Uh, oh yeah. That's yes, right. yes, you're right. Sorry, For, I he, forgot about yes. that. Oh man. Yeah, he. Yeah, uh, that, that should have he got there. He got there early, but he went through the offensive player to make a play on the ball. Yeah. So I think that's like, they're like, yeah, he made contact with the player, but he was also only going for the ball. Like he didn't impede the opposing player's ability to make a play. Yeah. Uh, and, And the thing about it is the way that the contact was set up was the player like the offensive player was like waiting for the ball, whereas Nick Needham like attacked the ball. Now, mm-hmm. if they were like both going for the ball equally, it would have never been called. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they were both trying to make a play on the ball. So, and and the the worst part about it was in live time, in live speed, that's what the referee saw. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Yeah, for the ball, like no flag." And then they waited two fucking minutes or whatever, and then like, "Oh, by the way, we're gonna review this now." Mm-hmm. Someone was like, "Oh, we don't want the Dolphins to win," so mm-hmm. then they made the they made the phone call, and then they reviewed it, and then like, yeah. "Oh, that's a flag." Sorry, and I don't think um, that there's. It doesn't seem to me like there's ever been a situation where like, "Oh, by the way, that's a flag." There's been situations where they throw a flag and they decide that it's not a penalty, but I don't I don't agree with it being the other way around. Right, and it kind of reminds me of when they blow the whistle on fumbles. That pisses me off too. Yeah, they. Yeah, I agree. They blow. They blow was way too damn fast. Mm-hmm. And you clearly see it's a fumble and can be taken, can be run back for a touchdown. Um, but before we move on from the Jets conversation, I know I didn't get um, last time I was on the pod to say anything on that. But uh, since we're talking about the Jets, I just want to say fuck Adam Gase. Uh, you're a piece of shit, and you literally took ten years <laughs> off of my life, and you single handedly, single fucking handedly. Set the Dolphins five years back. He you really did, asshole. though. You fucking he did. 
Uh, hopefully he does the same to the Jets because I hope so. Oh, God, like, <laughs> I hate him so much. Same. Tank throwing truth fists up here. I love mm-hmm. it. Haggy, you're not talking a lot. Did oh, he die? Whoops, I accidentally muted my mic. I was like, uh, is he going to talk or no? Does he not care? Is he taking a shit? What's going on? This whole time I was like, I was like, okay, fine. Just just ignore me, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's dumb. All right. Um, At least you hit record. Numbers on the thing. Yeah, right. (laughs) Actually, Taylor made a recording, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're good. What about Bell's numbers? Okay, did I mention like how his numbers went down this year? Oh, Le'Veon Bell. Oh, yeah. That's you not mentioned surprising. last week on Le'Veon Bell's numbers, but oh, I did. Okay. Yeah, you said that it was like his worst season since the season sat out, or like the season he only played six games or something. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Not surprising at all. That's the wonderful coaching of Adam Gase. Mm-hmm. Hey, I wasn't uh, sure if I had just was talking shit with my roommates or if I said that on the pod. All right, cool. Uh, you said it on the pod. Uh, speaking of running backs, so I know that last week I said the only free agent I want the Dolphins to really get and I want that I'm pounding the table for is Chris Harris. But I think it would be absolutely hilarious because all three of them are free agents. If the Dolphins side Frank Gore, Lamar Miller, and Kenyon Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> I Gore's trying to that. come back. Gore does want to be back. back. And yeah. you know what? Honestly, if Gore came back and played for one more season with the Dolphins or until he decided he wanted to retire, I don't see it as anything different than Ryan Fitzpatrick being the quarterback. Agreed. Because like, we don't have any running backs right now. Their roles, their roles would be almost identical. And right. then in the draft, the Dolphins spend a first round pick on Tua or Love or Herbert or whoever the fuck. Um, and then they also spend a first or second round pick on a, a running back, whether it be Swift or Taylor or um, anybody like that. I, I think it was great for those players to learn on other dudes. And if that's the long-term vision of Brian Flores and Chris Greer, I'm, I'm all for it, 100% for it. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm a big advocate for bringing Frank Gore back. I, thought, I think he's a great leader, great player, and he was phenomenal for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it took time away from Kenyon Drake, but I thought mm-hmm. that, you know, he, again, he showed it here, showed it in Buffalo. The man can still go. And if you can bring that leadership back and you, you know, on the offensive side and, and you just build build the rookies and, and the younger players, there's nothing wrong with that. And, yeah, so I would like for them to bring him back. I'm against them bringing Frank Gore back. You Bye. would be against it. Because, because I don't want us to bring Frank Gore back, only to be sending him on the bench behind Kalen Balaj. Oh my, yeah, no, that I would want be him to replace absolutely. Balazs. I'd be absolutely infuriated, but that's what's going to happen because our coach coaches hate I, running backs. I honestly don't. They have a different OC this year, though. Yeah, they have. They have Chan Gailey. So that's for us. So, so. I, I really don't think that Balaj is going to play much next year. I think he that better he, not. I don't think he makes a 53-man roster. You better not. You can't average less than two yards a carry or whatever the hell he was averaging. He averaged uh, he's starting next season. He you think so? First, no. 
he had the worst season in NFL history for a running back. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. not even kidding. The only reason why he had any touches or like any carries of note was he scored like four touchdowns or something. Because mm-hmm. he only can run straight. All four yeah. touchdowns were from the pullback position. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you, Tank had mentioned like taking care of the rookies. I think that's something a lot of people don't understand. Is I wouldn't be surprised if there are 20 rookies on the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, we got like 14 picks, and then we'll yeah. pick up the undrafted people. Right. Exactly. Um, it would be – we already – the Dolphins already have the youngest – Roster at the and that's with Fitzpatrick, right, Fitzpatrick. The roster. So I mean, it, it's going to be even younger next year. I don't see how it's not. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see how it isn't. I, I really so, don't think that this team is going to spend all, all of the ninety-eight million dollars in cap. Although, if the CBA doesn't get uh, renewed, then there's no carryover for next year. So they will, they would have to spend it. I just don't think that it's going to be on big price free agents. Maybe, maybe if they do break break the bank, it's probably going to be on a defensive end and maybe a corner opposite of X. Because, oh, I so want that one from Jacksonville because because you can sit here, you can sit here and say Nick Needham, and you can sit here and say Wilts and all that. It's not a knock on them, but I, you know, I think you still need to bring someone else in. Um, and just and solidify that position because I don't know if those those two guys are it. Um, I think Rowe, his transition to safety was fen- phenomenal. I wasn't a big fan of the signing at first. Again, he was getting beat up as a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby Bobby McCain has no business. So much yes, <laughs> yes, he got so much better. I I I would salivate at him and Jones in the backfield. Bobby McCain has no business being on this team. Um, I'm sorry for the Bobby McCain lovers. I I, I just don't. I, I just don't see. I, I don't think. I don't think he's a great player. He's a good player, and he'll make plays. You know, some plays here and there. But he's not. A, he's not. You know, that's not something that you build a championship team with. Just, just that's just my opinion on it. But if anything, he should go back to being a nickel or a dime. Corner. Right. Right. And I think that's where he shines. I think that's where he shined the most. Um, so yeah, back, back to what you guys were saying. I think this team is going to be really, really young. And I think that's exciting and fun because really there's only two players that have big contracts. That's X and Jones. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I want to say after next year, then Parker get us a big extension too. Yeah. Parker. It was it wasn't it was a, a big two one, year for think. like twelve million a year or something. It wasn't I thought that it was much. that was his, that was his first one, but yeah, that, now it's a four I year. I thought he signed a four year forty. Oh, million. he got he yeah. got a new one recently. Yeah, he got Hell a new yeah. one before before the Patriots game. Oh man, that's amazing. Yeah. He got oh a new yeah, one. I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah, I must have yeah. missed that because I don't remember that at all. Yeah, he got. No a, wonder he, he, he balled out. Mm-hmm. So he was a he was a he was a um on his final year, and instead yeah. of taking the fifth year option. They gave him a two-year, twelve million dollar contract extension, mm-hmm. and that was at the end of last year. Because mm-hmm. everybody's like, "Why the fuck are we bringing Parker back? Right. Parker's a faggot." Right. No, he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Listen, you're not lying. I, you, you, you can probably pull up the tweets that say that. <laughs> like dolphins. Anyway, so we, so that comes we back. might have to edit this one out. <laughs> I'm not. 
Jesus. I, I, and I didn't even say it first. I didn't even say it first to Weck. You beat me. That's that's awesome. That's fantastic. So, anyway. If Taylor keeps this in, I do not condone that. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. I just, I didn't expect it, so I thought it was funny. It was funny, but. I'm not talking like me. This doesn't come from my heart. I'm just talking like Dolphins. <laughs> If yeah. you've been on Dolphins Twitter, I know you've read that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And way worse Touché. than that, too. I mean... They did think talk, he was a scrub. They didn't Adam, understand the signing. That's true. Anyways, well, let's move on. <laughs> Obviously, he became like a top five wide receiver. So then the yeah. Dolphins were like, here's another four-year, $40 million extension or whatever. So he's locked up for another four years. Yeah. So which, which, for the record, I think that was the right move. I do. I really. That, I, that, was, that was the right move. I'm I both think- excited and still cautious about Parker because yes, he did have a very good season and a very good end of the year, but I want to see how he does when um, defensive backs and defensive coordinators are actually planning on him what? being. What are you talking about? The no. defensive player yeah. of the year, the defensive yeah. player of the year, Stephon, Stephon okay. Gilmore, okay. will lined up to get them every single snap in the paint. And got smoked. Game. Okay. That was one I, game. I, I, I hear you, Weck, but you know what? I think, look, and, and the NFL, Stephon Gilmore is the best defensive player in the league, and Parker yes. shit all over. Yes. Sure did. Took his lunch money and then some. It, he did, and it was amazing perfect. to watch. It reminds me of when Juwan James shut down Khalil Mack. Oh, that was, oh, my God, yep. <laughs> I watched the highlights of that game yep. uh, earlier, and I just, yeah, had a good Our time. Our Lord and Savior, Brock Austin. <laughs> Damn freaking Brock. Um, no, I hear you, Wack. I don't, I mean, I, I, I don't have any concerns on Parker. I think this year we saw his maturity. We mm-hmm. saw him. Definitely. We saw him. We saw him change. And, you know, again, pre, prior years, he would have a big game and disappear. Or mm-hmm. get hurt or whatever. So I think you saw that maturity and that yeah. change. And I think what it was was um, Brian Flores and the team believing in him. Yep. And a, an actual real human being, not a piece of shit like Adam Gates. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, a real human being, a real coach. You know, yeah. sat, you know, had conversations with him, and and I think we saw him mature. And I think honestly, and I'm the bandwagon, and I'm I'm fanboy because I wanted him when we drafted him. I was a big Devonta Parker fan, so I I can't wait to see what he does this year, this coming year. I really can't wait to see whether it's Fitzpatrick with him or whoever they're going to bring in or whoever they draft. I can't wait to see that. I I think I think it'll be sustainable because he's apparently eating better, and that's what matters a fuck ton. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. staying healthy in the NFL. I'm just cautious about it. I hear you. I want to. I want to piggyback on this whole conversation. So, mm-hmm. Weck, you had mentioned that you were curious to see what happens when defensive players and defensive coordinators start focusing on Devontae Parker. Mm-hmm. I just want to remind you guys that there's our, our good friend of the podcast, Preston Williams, who's going to be lining up on the other oh, side. So, yeah. Amen. I can't you wait know, like, to see it. Yeah, let's, let's, back, focus, let's focus on make And focus let's not forget about Gesicki in the seam. Thank yeah. you. And then you got Wilson in the slot. Oh, yay. <laughs> <Exciting times. laughs> the, man, the, the man caught a career high, 43 passes. 
Let's let's throw him a parade down Biscayne Boulevard. <laughs> fuck out of here. Him, him and Grant can get the fuck out of my team. <laughs> hey, Jakeem Grant is an excellent returner. Yeah. He is an excellent returner. That's, that's, all, that's all he is. He's like a Ted Ginn yeah. type player. Like, if, if Jakeem Grant can hold on to the ball, he's fine. But <laughs> that's a big if. You know, you know who we're forgetting in the, in the conversation, and I think I think he I think he did okay. I think after the contract, he started getting the drops. Yeah, Alan Hearns. Yeah. Once he got the contract, he started getting the dropsies. But I think he's very good and very serviceable. When you I, have three big I'm receivers, fan of his. It's all about Hearns. Hearns had a thousand yard season like less than three years ago. So yep. yeah, we have a um, deep wide receiving core. Also, I'm excited about it. We also mentioned a little bit. I remember, like, on an early podcast, like, before the season even started, who also showed up late in the season, Isaiah Ford had some huge catches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Woo! But, 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 he's a, but he's a young talent. Like, you know I'm not saying? saying that he's a starter caliber, but, like, if we're, if we're talking about our top five, six wide receivers on the roster, I'm okay with Isaiah Ford being the last guy on the roster. Like, that's, yeah, you know, that's not that's, that's a significant drop to be like hey we got um you know amari cooper on the team but then we also have i don't know i don't know any other wide receivers on the cowboys and that's probably because of that reason uh, randall cobb is on the cowboys randall so cobb, yeah gallup i think cobb's gallup, a, gallup, uh, gallup gallup had a good season too, right? gallup is a beast yeah who who is the rookie from the bucks conway Godwin. conley uh what's his name Chris um, Godwin. You're yeah, right, Chris Godwin. Yeah, Chris Godwin. Oh, of course I'm right, Taylor. That guy's an <laughs> animal. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. I don't I don't think he's a rookie though. I think I thought he's he was. Like a second or third year player. I thought he was a rookie this year. I'm, gonna, I'm looking it up right now. I just want to throw some shade about about this really quick. Um I know that there's a ton of mock drafts flying through. Mm-hmm. And mine is the best. Yeah, I commented on one, and I don't think that I really show. I don't think we've really talked about uh, beat writers a whole lot on our podcast, and I don't really plan on it. But Omar Kelly made a mock draft, and he took a wide receiver. He drafted a, a wide receiver in the first round, and then he did not draft a single defensive end in the 14 picks that we had, or whatever. He readily admitted that he was being a ball watcher in that draft, so I, yeah, that was, I don't know. I mean, Chris Godwin was his third-year receiver. Really? Yep. Wow, I didn't realize wow. that. Didn't the, that the good rookies were, um, and I'm going to forget someone, Marquise Brown, mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin, uh-huh. uh, A.J. Brown. Yeah. yeah. Brown. And then there's McLaurin one other one. Gallup. Right? McLaurin was for the Redskins. Yeah. And then there's Gallup on the Cowboys. He had a good year, too. Was he a rookie? I'm pretty sure. All right. And Let's if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know who Marquise Brown is, just watch week one. Yo, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he's cousin of Antonio Brown. Oh, so hopefully he's not crazy. No, he's not. You mean CTE Brown? Yeah. <laughs> Man, talk about a freaking down, uh, down spiral, man. That sucks, dude. Man. That that guy is on the wildest roller coaster ride, and I don't expect it to stop anytime soon. 
you know, um, I, um, there's, there's a lot of individuals that football is all they know. And I'm, I'm not condoning what Antonio Brown did, but I think he falls into this category. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever his upbringing was and whatever hardship he went through in life, his escape, his way out was football. And that's probably all he ever knew and actually knows. Um, and when that is when that is rattled and that is taken from you, um, there's just because we're all we all do it, whether we're successful, whether we're not, whether we're rich, whether we're middle class, whether we're poor. When something doesn't go our way or something that we're used to that we hold on to that makes us go every day, makes us get out of bed and look at life as positive as we can, when that is stripped from you without your without your control. Yes, he got in trouble for whatever the reason was why he was cut from the Patriots. But I think when that happens to you, you go batshit crazy. And I think that's what happened to him. He saw he saw himself no longer on the football field, no longer with teammates, no longer with people validating him. Because when I, I watched Hard Knocks, and to me, you know, we all look for validation. But him, it was different because there was a scene, and I don't want to go too much off topic on this, but there was a scene that really, really got to me on who he probably is. When his whole helmet scandal ended mm-hmm. that he found his helmet, there's a scene in the in Hard Knocks where he's in the locker room and he's looking for validation from other players on a football helmet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's walking around like, oh, do you guys like it? Do you guys like it? What do you think? You think it's good? You fuck with it? And I'm like, it's a football helmet, dude. You know, but so, you know, he, he's probably that person that needs validation from people that share his same passion. And he lost that. And therefore, he did what he did. Again, not condoning it. But I'm sure that's probably a little bit of what happened to him. That's actually plausible. Damn. I, I never yeah. thought about it like that. I'm going to interject from that great insight to say that Gallup is a second-year wide Damn receiver. It. And Fuck, that the guy I was thinking of is DK Metcalf. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Seahawks. Seahawks. That dude's a beast. Sure is. He's yep. big too. It's a big oh, boy. Oh yeah, yeah. It was ripped too. Mm-hmm. Like if you saw his combine photos, like he showed up to Seattle Seahawks interview without a shirt on. I think. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Pete Carroll then took his shirt off too. Yes. Shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. He's more ripped than Forrester was after that line. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we always do slow <laughs> But but I, I think that last statement just puts the Dolphins on in one. We're talking about great players that other teams have drafted, and all we can say is, oh well, the Dolphins had a coach snorting lines. Beat that! <laughs> Beat that! Hey, Parker, oh, that was a great player that we drafted. That was a great. crazy receipt or season, too. Yeah, not great draft picks. We got Charles fucking Harris on our squad, dude. Oh, dude. Man, I can't believe we haven't extended him yet, bro. He, he really should be the first one to get guaranteed, to be honest. I mean, that guy is a stud. Yeah, Fifth-year option, man. man. It's coming up soon. I think... Oh, yeah, man. Somebody, somebody tweeted out earlier that uh, he, asked, he was asking if people wanted to see a Charles Harris highlight. And I, I asked, he has one? 
Yeah. Nice. I didn't know he had a highlight. I love it. Well, like, he had one sack this season, right? Yeah. Taco had more than him in his whole career here in Miami. How Taco, many I think, sacks did with... um, Wilkins Shit, have? I forgot all about Taco Charlton. Yeah. yeah. Probably because the coaching staff stopped playing him in the second half of the season. Yeah. He got hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. What did he? I don't think that was ever. Yeah, I think he was in the game. I thought I thought he was playing regularly. I thought he got a season. No, no, he was. He was. He it wasn't was, season uh, ending. It wasn't season ending, but he was. He was benched, and and when the coaches were asked, they said it was. Uh, I forgot the the actual term, but scheme. It was something to do with the scheme. So there was a there was another player who had the last name Harris. Trent Harris. Does that sound right? Yes. The linebacker? No, I thought he was a defensive end. I think he was defensive tackle. I remember seeing him like make a play, and I was like, "Holy shit, Charles Harris!" And then like it wasn't his number. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. defensive tackle. Yeah, Yeah. Harris. Speaking of defensive tackles, that Christian Wilkins fella is hilarious. Oh man, he's He's a funny dude, man. He's a funny dude. Yeah, yeah. He's always going in celebrating with the team when they score. It's fantastic. I think, and I, I, think I watched a like, mic'd up thing today, and he was just like he was. It was against the Bengals game. He was doing like a field goal thing, and you hear him yell, just like, "Hey, Billings, I can hear you breathing from all the way over here." Knock it off. <laughs> yeah, he's a good, he's a he's gonna be a good player, man. He's gonna be a good I think, player. I think his oh, yeah. like personality was probably the selling point. Um, it's like overall, he's got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, physically, still, I think. He came along at the second half of the season. He did. I think we slandered him a lot, but he ended yes. up leading all defensive linemen, all rookie to the line in like almost every sack category. So, mm-hmm. and he did see a lot of double team too. He did. He did. Yeah, and no so. one else could do a lick of shit. Yeah. No one if else. I just want to reference like back to defensive line that we passed. Like the Dolphins had Olivier Vernon. Dominic and Sue and Cameron Wake on the team on the same time, mm-hmm. and we didn't have a coaching staff that could like utilize that. That's correct. That's been the Dolphins. That's been the Dolphins. Yeah. That's been their issues. I, 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 I've, I've said it. The Dolphins have never misspent. They didn't misspend on Brandon Marshall. They didn't misspend mm-hmm. on Mike Wallace. They didn't misspend on any of the players they brought in. It was coaching. They brought in. They brought in Ferraris, Lamborghinis. With Dodge Pintos as coaches. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. I would, I would no say disrespect they to Pinto owners. Side a couple times, like yeah. with Philip Wheeler and Danielle Ellerby, but on the offensive My, side, you're absolutely correct. I love Philip Wheeler. <laughs> Listen, I love the Carlos Dansby signing, and then I saw what they did with him, where they moved him to outside, oh, and they had him doing other he things. Was so good, and then they, yeah, I, yeah. The Dolphins do that. The Dolphins grab a player. Okay, you're good at this. No, fuck that. You're gonna do this. But I've never done it. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? You're gonna do it. Okay, yeah, I think the Dolphins. Bobby actually, McCain, you're a great nickel cornerback. We're gonna put you in free safety. There you yep. go. I think, mm-hmm. I think the Dolphins actually drafted and have a play wide receiver quarterback. Oh my gosh. I saw his very first game as a professional quarterback. I oh, yeah, him. that was in Houston, wasn't it? Yeah. It was in Houston. Remember nice. that uh, 
uh, JJ Watt said that uh, that he watched Hard Knocks and he was able to get Tannehill's count. And I think he batted like six balls that game and caught three picks. Well, I mean, that season it was go and go, go. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's not complicated. Yeah. Go was run, go, go was pass. I was shit out watching it on the couch. And it doesn't help that he didn't know who was in the division. No. Didn't, didn't know any NFL team. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's how do you not know this too year? bad. Matt, Matt Moore sitting there like, is this guy really going to start over me? Yeah, right. I think I hey, remember. Super Bowl like, champion Matt Moore. Mm-hmm. That's, that's correct. And Chad Henney. I think yep. 2012, <laughs> like 2012 or 2011 was like the first year that I had Twitter. And I remember Reggie Bush tweeting something about being excited for the draft. And I was like, are you excited for Ryan Tannehill to hand you the ball? Or are you okay with Matt Moore doing it? And then like the next year they cut him. And I was so excited for Reggie Bush to be a Dolphin with. Yeah. A thousand- another running back. That we another just- one. Yeah, he had, a, he had a, his best statistical season in an NFL career was with the Dolphins. And with Joe Philbin fucking running the team. Crazy. Yeah. Pathetic. I, I remember, him. yeah. Joke. Fucking joke. Joke, Philbin. Like, uh, so, yeah, the Dolphins are great. Woo! <laughs> well, I mean, three of their former quarterbacks were... At the AFC Championship game, so yeah, mm-hmm. they did something right. They yeah. sure did. It was coaching, and um, and let's hope, let's hope this time around they don't. It's not the same thing. I really, well, like, I think that's. I think they're onto something for us. Aggie, you said three. Yeah, Chad Henney and Matt Morrill were on the Chiefs, and then Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill was on the Titans. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, AFC Championship. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Not in the Super Bowl, no. Yeah. Um, Speaking speaking about Super Bowl quarterbacks, I think my favorite part about uh, quarterbacks in the Super Bowl is both teams didn't get that. Tanking doesn't make a lot of sense to get the quarterback. We didn't tank, though. We didn't, but I'm just saying... You know, like, there's still people that are mad that we want. <laughs> yeah, because those people are idiots. I mean, you know, I, I um, I, obviously, I was, I was for the tank. I thought that this is the right way for them What's to your do name? it. Not, yes, <laughs> yeah, right. That is correct. Um, but you know, I'm not upset that they won games. And I mean, at the end of the day, look, look, whether it's Tua, whether whoever it is, there's no team that can jump us. Okay, we have the tools. We have everything now. Mm-hmm. Now, the only thing is, will we allow ourselves to be jumped? But San Diego can't outbid us. Um, whoever other fucking team needs a quarterback can't outbid us. Okay? So, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Um, what I'm worried about is, and not worried, just concerned. Look, and I said on the other part, and I'm, I, I, last time I was on, in, in, th- in this franchise history, this free agency and this draft is the biggest of team of of the team's history okay Mm -hmm. we have been shit for 20 plus years i don't want to hear it all shit two playoff appearances two fucking blowouts okay we look like a damn jv team out there against baltimore and against pittsburgh we got our Mm -hmm. shit punched in so i don't want to hear any more bullshit okay 
Two appearances, two losses. We haven't won a playoff game since, what, 2001? 2001. Okay. 2001. So it's been shit. It's been mediocrity on all sides, on everything. This free agency and this draft is the biggest in team history. And it sets you up for next year to build on a great foundation. So, you know, the 13 picks, whatever they do with them, you have, I'm, I'm going to be realistic. You I can't sit here and say they need to hit a home run on 13 picks. Yes, we, we would love that, but reality is they're probably not. But they need to hit more than they miss, and especially in the first three rounds. They have to have solid starters and stars in the first and third round, from the first and third round picks. Agreed. Yep. You're right. And free agency, they have to make the right moves, the right decisions, you know, bring players that want to be here, that want to win, Okay. Because Miami, all it's been for a couple years was just that we overpay and we pay and people come here and they live the lifestyle. They fucking do blow on Saturdays, show up to the game probably high as hell. Okay, (laughs) And so you want players that want to be here. After we win, then you can do all the blow you fucking want. I don't care. But first, let's win. And let's let's be that 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 elite franchise that we were and we know we can be. Yes, I agree. And I think the way to do that is not to try and hit home runs in either free in free agency especially. I don't think they're going to go out and sign any player to a, a big like 5-year, 100 million dollar whatever agree. contract. Agree. I I think they're going to go for quality players that can adapt to the scheme or are a good fit for the scheme and are coachable. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to look for the the superstar athletes anywhere maybe they'll spend a little bit more at cornerback but you kind of have to to get a good cornerback yes but overall i don't think they're gonna they're gonna uh, blow anybody away with their offers and for the draft i'm really hoping that they don't have to trade up because i want them to to have as many chances to uh succeed or fail depending on how you look at it as possible right right yeah Trade down. I'm not That's saying that. I think we should. If I'm there's a, okay there's a, with the fifth round pick. If there's a if there's a big enough if there's a big enough offer for the Dolphins to trade down, I don't see why they wouldn't take it. Like I said on the last podcast, if you guys listened, there are far too many starting jobs available for the Dolphins to limit themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'd be uh, willing to do that if you got two first-round picks, like the first-round pick you're going to trade for and then another one. Yeah, so let's say let's say the Dolphins move from five to eight and they get number eight's pick and then they get next year's, whoever's team that is. Dolphins have like four first-round picks next year. Yeah. And yeah, then they didn't lose any first-round picks this year. Yeah, but they won't get Tua. It's going to make a lot of people mad. Well, yeah, I just trade back one with the Chargers for them to take two. Just kind of like how the Bears <laughs> took Trubisky. Yeah, the Bears fans are amazing. hating that. They're hating that so much because they're like, "Oh, we gotta add Mahomes," and I love seeing it on my timeline. 
I'll be honest with you. I think I think the Dolphins' game plan is going to. I look. I do believe that Tua's been tied to them yeah. um, since since last year. I, agree. Um, I, I you know I know you know Stephen Ross and Chris Greer were in the or on the Alabama sideline for that bowl game. I know mm-hmm. that he's an alum for Michigan. I know Michigan played that game, but they were they were they were heavily on the Alabama sideline, probably doing their homework, their due diligence. Which rightfully so, rightfully so. I I think I think you need to. I think Joe Burrow is not an option unless you go number one, or the Bengals pull a Bengals and somehow fucking draft a wide receiver. Um, but I don't. <laughs> that would I don't. Be I, don't yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't see that happening. But I do think I think Tua is going to play a factor in what the Dolphins do because if teams look. I think regardless of the medical, I think the one team that will take a chance on Tua is the Dolphins. Um, I think other teams might not. And I think if the Dolphins say, okay, we can move back to eight, get more Arsenal, but Tua's going to be there at eight because yeah. people are people are not going to take the risk in getting him. I think I think that's I think that's how they trade down. But I, I, I truly believe I think Tua will be the fifth pick for the Dolphins. Okay, so here's the thing. Real quick, sorry. So no, Miami's at fifth. We got the Chargers right behind us. Who knows if they're going to have Phillip Rivers, right? I think the Chargers would take Tua. And then right behind them, they have the Carolina Panthers, who I think also could have uh, won at quarterback. Because who knows if Cam Newton's going to be healthy enough or if they even just want to move on. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But so that's the, the thing, thing about Tua is that he's probably not going to be able to play most, if not all, of his first year. Right. Like you don't want to send him up to get hurt further. So you're going to let him completely recover from that injury. And I want to touch on one thing on that. Um, good, good, good thing that you brought that up because I, I wanted to talk about that on the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've seen it with Patrick Mahomes. We've seen it with Garoppolo. If it is Tua, Garoppolo is trash. Well, sure, but fo- follow me here. Follow me here. If Tua, if Tua is the pick, I'm okay with him not starting because I think we've seen when you have a pl- a player come in, okay, and they sit a year, and they sit behind someone that's a good player. Again, I bring up Garoppolo because he sat behind Brady. I bring up Mahomes because he sat behind uh, Smith. I, I can bring up Rodgers. He sat behind he sat behind um Favre. Brett Brady Favre. sat behind Bledsoe. All the players that have sat behind or set or set so many years because you've had a good franchise quarterback or a good quarterback, a veteran leader, those quarterbacks become successful. Now we can argue about Garoppolo, but he just let he just played in the Super Bowl. So we can sit here and say, Well, uh-huh. he was garbage, but whatever. He played in the Super Bowl, but he sat behind Brady. Okay, and I think for the Dolphins, whether again, whether it's Love, whether it's Tua, whether it's Joe Burrow, the fact that Fitz is coming back and Fitz is is going to be the starter, you're going to let that rookie come in, take take the experience in, sponge soak that playbook. It's a win win situation. I think throwing quarterbacks out there right away because they were a high pick, I think is a disaster, and we've seen it fail more than see it succeed, with the exception of Andrew Luck. I agree. And yeah, I mean, you look at you look at um, Philip Rivers sitting behind Breeze, and you look yes, at uh, Ryan Tannehill sitting behind Mariota. Oh, it's just no, really all good. No, 
Get out of that one. <laughs> one thing I was going to bring up is that Josh Rosen is sitting behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. True. Although I think that was a mistake, but we, we yeah. still have him. You still have him. Yeah. So yes. His, his issue is that he can't process, so he's a big dummy. Yeah. I saw on Twitter um, someone was saying, yeah, maybe the Redskins will take like Burrow or Tua and then they'll trade Haskins to the Dolphins for a second round. <laughs> I'm like, yes, so we should totally do that and then start Fitzpatrick this year and then have a QB competition between him and Rosen the year after. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> it would. <laughs> <The> <laughs> <fucking> Dolphins. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Haskins is a bad quarterback. He's just in a bad situation. I think in a yeah. shitty situation. Yeah, and, and honestly, honestly, guys, and I and I feel sorry for Joe Burrow because he's going into holy shit. I mean, Zach Taylor is a head coach. That's all Zach, you have to say. It, that's what I, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, holy hell. So, but hey, you know, maybe maybe he turns that franchise around. Who knows? Hey, look, Andy Dawson sat behind um, uh, Andy, Carson, Carson Palmer. Palmer. Yeah, Andy Dalton is trash, though. He's never been all that great. I don't no, think he did sit behind him, though. I think Carson Palmer was already in Arizona, wasn't he? Yeah, but I think I thought yeah. Carson Palmer went to the Raiders before he went to Arizona. Yeah, he went. To, yeah, they traded him to Oakland. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you know, yeah, and Andy Dalton was a starter first year. I actually feel really bad for Carson Palmer. And maybe I don't feel really bad, but like he had a fucking phenomenal season, and then he got hurt, and they didn't make mm-hmm. it anywhere. Nope, mm-hmm. no, he didn't. Um, it's gonna be interesting. I think I think free agency quarterbacks. I mean, you have you're gonna have a lot of quarterbacks out there that are gonna get the Ryan Tannehill treatment in the sense that they're garbage like Mariota, but some teams gonna say, hey. You know, if Tannehill blew up and it was a change of scenery, who's to say Camp Newton is not going to have the same effect? Who's to say Mariota is not going to have the same effect? So I think the free agency, the quarterback pool in free agency is going to play a lot in the draft. I agree. And honestly, I think Mariota could even go off with a different team. Like, I think what held the Bears back was the, was Trubisky. I think if they put Mariota in there, they'd be better day one and he'd be better or in a better situation. Just because I feel like the scheme would kind of work out a little bit better for him. Agree. Well, with the Bears, Matt Nagy is also um, part of the problem. Yep. Because yeah. he doesn't like running backs. Like he doesn't no. run the ball very much, and it's not effective at all. He kind of gives me an Adam Gase vibe. He does. He gives me an Adam Gase vibe too. Bunch of dick butts. All right, so. I think now would be a good opportunity to talk about our charity of the week. Hell yeah. Which I picked and it does not have a connection to me whatsoever. Just a heads up. It is the Chattahoochee Riverkeeper. And they work on making sure there's clean water in the Chattahoochee River. They educate people on, on like, you know, staying good with the environment. They hold student or uh, classes for um, floating, and uh, they've cleaned fifty tons of trash from the watershed. Wow! Whoa! So that's well, both impressive can, and sad. Yeah. It is. We we destroy the planet. 
and you can find them at chattahoochee.org. I love it. What made you pick that charity? I saw it when I googled charities, and I was like, this is pretty cool. And... <laughs> Well, so in the website I went to, it was like charities that do the most good for your donation do- dollars. And I kind of scrolled and I, I saw that. And I was like, this is it. Yeah, <laughs> that has nothing to do with the Midwest. That's a southern thing. Yeah, that's something we made. If might have should have saved for when, next time Matt's on the pod. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, whatever. Yeah. Leck lives farther south than Matt does, though. Yeah, but the Chattahoochee's kind of southeast. Wex, Fuck. south, south. Tank with Tank lives the farthest south out of all of us. Yeah, he, that is correct. <laughs> Miami doesn't count it's as the south. south, though. It's like oh, it's this like is a, weird. Florida's a weird state in that the further north you go, the more southern you get. It's mm-hmm. like South Hawaii. Southeast kind Hawaii. Of, yeah. Tank, I need to ask you something. Shoot. Are there any headlines labeled Florida man? You? Nope. No, like, no, you haven't done anything like Florida Man does. Nope. <laughs> nope. My dumbass would probably die. I'm surprised more Floridians don't say something that I've read. Nope. I am not. So far, I have not pulled a Florida Man. Tank is a responsible human being. Somewhat. Um. No, that's that's a good charity. That's great. I think uh, great as humans, charity, as yeah. humans, we need to stop being fucking slobs and take care of the planet that we fucking live on and breathe its air. So yeah, stop, hey Tank, stop being scumbags. I had a question for you actually. They just brought thought of it. So I had seen that Tom Garfinkel had a bunch of like sustainability stuff for the stadium mm-hmm. and like getting rid of like single use plastics and stuff. Have you had like any of the beers and the aluminum cans and stuff or aluminum cups and stuff? No, because they made their debut at, um, at the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Shit. They so do they have like a special receptacle for those or how do they make sure that they're not being tossed? Um, I'm sure. I mean, again, I, I, I would be able to tell you guys during preseason, because okay. we 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 had gotten the the like the memo on it and the the ticket holders got emailed on the changes, um, but they debuted for Super Bowl Sunday. I'm guessing yeah. that they do have special not special but you know uh, actual bins for them. Um, but yeah, I think um, again, uh, what the Dolphins have done at the stadium and the the area surrounding it is going to get better. The training facility is going to be gorgeous. The gondola is awesome. I haven't been on it, but um, I can see it. I see it. Um, I've seen it there, and I see it all the time going to work. Um, so yeah, it's it's awesome, and it's it's a it's a great thing. The only thing I'm concerned is you know the price the price of the beverage is going to go up because I'm sure these these cups are not cheap. But no, again, people pay thirteen dollars for a beer, so I'm sure they'll pay fifteen or whatever the oh, price is going to be. I still can't believe prices are that ridiculous at most stadiums. Prices are that ridiculous. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think. think I think the most expensive beer that I bought was at a concert. That was eleven dollars. Oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. I and that wasn't I even would, at a big venue. 
Yeah, I, I would like for the Dolphins and actually every team to go the Atlanta Falcon route where popcorn, hot dogs, too. nachos are cheap. And if you want to buy, you know, a a you know, if you want to buy at one of the, uh, you know, different, um, you know, locations that are restaurant uh, partnership, that's fine. But I think that you should provide, you know, those those other amenities cheap for families, because mm-hmm. because I will tell you when when me and my buddies go. Um, and we don't tailgate and we eat at the restaurant. I mean, at the, at, at the stadium, it's 40, 50 bucks easily for a burger and fries. Yep. Jesus Christ. I mean, so imagine a family of four. They're dropping about 120 bucks on tickets, right? Or it, maybe less, but you're still looking at maybe $400, $500 for them to go in. Parking is not cheap because parking, I think, is at 50 bucks. But if you use the, yeah, if you use the Sun Pass or the toll, the toll service that the uh, Ross has a partnership with, it's twenty five dollars. But then you go in and beers are over ten dollars, and chicken tenders with fries is twelve dollars. Um, so it is it is pricey, and I think that that takes away from the stadium experience because I believe that if you're a fan of the team. Obviously, if, if if you don't live in the state, it's a little bit harder for you. But people say, "Well, you know, I can I can I can watch it in the comfort of my home." And yes, the seventy-inch TVs look beautiful, and it is awesome to sit in your AC and eat what you want and pay and pay way less. But to me, there is nothing. There is no experience. One PM kickoff in that stadium. I agree. And you, yes, it was. I went to the, I think it was the Patriots game in 2014 or 2015, the Michael Thomas interception game. And seeing that play live in the stadium, mm-hmm. I, I would not have been that excited or hyped if I was at a bar. There's nothing I'm, like it. Yeah. And I think I'm prices to... deter a lot of a lot of fans. I'll be honest. I think prices, it's, it's expensive. It's crazy, guys. It is $50 for parking. That's fucking insane. I don't remember it being that expensive the last time I went there. Yep. Did they increase yeah. prices recently? Yes, they did. They increased it this year. Hey, hey Tank, were you mm-hmm. at the Miami Miracle game? I, I sure I was. Yes. So, was that like the most fucking amazing and memorable moment that you've had at a Dolphins game? I put it, and I know I mentioned it last time, I put it up there with the Cleo Lemon to Camarillo. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you there for I, that? I was there for that as well. Yes. Oh man, that's bad. Yes, yes, I was there for that. Um, the Miami Miracle was absolutely insane. Uh, it was the Patriots, so that obviously is is sweetens the pot. We had fuck boys as Patriot fans around us, <laughs> and yes. and to see them sit there in shock and tell them to get the fuck out of my stadium <laughs> and almost falling four rolls down was absolutely oh. incredible. Um, but again, also the Cleo Lemon, you know, we, we, it did stop us from going 0 and 16, sorry, 0 and 16. Yeah. So I hold them both up there. I, you know, today I can say the Patriots game. Tomorrow I can say that game, the that Ravens game. But you know, um, the 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 Miami Miracle just holds a special place because it's the Patriots and it was Brady and and guess what? Gronk still doesn't have the angle. 
I think uh, now that I think about it, was the the Camarillo game against the Ravens the last time we beat the Ravens? No, no. Oh, okay. No, but it was it that did get that uh, it did get Brian. Hey, man, are you sure fired. about that? I think Wex right. I'm positive. No, I think we when beat him. I, th- I think we beat him. No, wait. I can't remember us winning any time recently against Baltimore. Yeah, I know they beat the shit out of us in the wild card game. That's probably because of that. <laughs> Reed had two picks. One of them was a pick six. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Ed Reed. Chad Pennington threw more interceptions in that game than he did every game prior. He sure did. Um, yeah, so, yeah, the Mammy Miracle was awesome. Um, I actually have a frame. Uh, we got sent the pick. Um, I think season ticket holders. Uh, I'm not gonna say me. I'm not gonna say I'm special because I'm fucking not. But I think season ticket holders got a picture of of Kenyon Drake going into the end zone with like a letter from uh, from Garfinkel. And uh, I I had it framed, and um, so I'll take a picture of it and post it on on Twitter for you guys to see. Okay, you are the Dolphins tank. beat the Ravens in 2015, 15 to 13. That was Tannehill, right? <laughs> oh, yep. Man. That was here. Wasn't that the game? That was the game that Parker made that catch, that crazy ass catch. Oh shit! On the two, two players. About that, I was going to talk about. I thought that was a preseason game. No, it was a regular season. It was like week four or something. But I was going to ask. I was asked if that was Parker's best catch of his career so far, or if he's had better ones this season. That catch that he had on that one guy in Philly. No, that where he like managed to stay in bounds was pretty. Yeah, yeah, that was that was awesome. That was awesome. But but ah, that Raven one was really good too because that came out of nowhere. I got. I, think it was... I, I don't know if you guys have a time limit or not, but I just want to ask. Like, nope. I want to get one more question before we shut down. Sure, uh, I have no time. We can keep going. We can keep going, but I just want to get one more in. Do you shoot think it. that? The improvements that Garfinkel and Steven Ross have done in the last three seasons is the best in the NFL. Yes. Yes. That stadium like, looked dope as hell during the Super Bowl. Like more like would you agree that the Miami Dolphins stadium now looks better than even, you know, the newest stadiums, you know, like better than the Vikings new stadium or the Falcons new stadium, like the renovations and the work that they've put in. Is better than anybody else. Easily. Yes. And there's yes. going to be a Formula One track there soon. Yes. Yeah. Yep. We're excited. Yeah. It's going to be fun. And I just want to say, which again, I'm, I, I say it, and I think, I, obviously, I, I, I take a lot of pride in it. And if you go back to the Super Bowl, you can hear how loud that mm-hmm. stadium was. And again, it was all done on purpose. The way that the roof was installed, and the acoustics in the stadium, it traps the noise in, and it is wild in there. It is you, you just you feel it, you hear it, and that was a full stadium. I cannot wait to the Dolphins sell out a game. What stadium? Is that ever gonna happen though? Like I mm. fucking hope so. <laughs> I think I will. I will make a prediction by the end of. 2021, the Dolphins will have sellout games because they'll be Super Bowl contenders at that point in time. Yeah, I. That's I, that's I, that's two depending years depending on their coaching. 
I'm, I'm, I believe I'm, in Flores. I'm actually gonna. I'm actually gonna give you. I'm actually gonna throw you a better one. I say because it's just a vibe. And and again, you know, we can all sit here and say we want certain player now, but mm-hmm. if the Dolphins land Tua Tonga Vailoa, you're gonna see sellout games this year. As a matter Even of fact, he's not I'm, gonna play. Yes, as a matter of fact, I make a prediction. If the Dolphins draft hmm. him. The Dolphins will have the highest attendance at their first, not the first, during all of minicamp that's open to the public. They will have oh, to send okay. people back because I think oh. I think I think the facility only holds twenty five hundred people, and I think you're going to see beat beat reporters, beat writers posting pictures and saying they had to send fans back because they couldn't. I, he will. He's going to bring a. A a sense of 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 hope, mm-hmm. because you know the vibe around the town and the city. They want him. That's you know that's the vibe that that you feel. The vibe that that you know that it's Tua, um, that and fans rather say I rather take the risk on him and him not panning out than not taking the risk, and have him show up elsewhere again. Doesn't matter what any of us here believe. What can he do or not? It's the vibe that you feel. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's going to have, he's going to be that big superstar that the Dolphins haven't had, that the Heat have had. I'm not going to compare him to LeBron, but I'm going to compare him to superstars that they've had in the past. He's going Wait. to be, yeah, he's going without. <laughs> That's blasphemous, Agus. Holy without, shit, I can't believe you said that. Without I'm, a new feet. I'm a new Heat fan. I don't know any better. <laughs> um He's, he's going to Sorry, change Jake. the town without taking a snap. And the day that he takes a snap, I mean, it's going to be. I mean, you know what? I'll be honest with you. We felt it with Tannehill. And Tannehill was, a, was what, the 12th pick? And you hey. felt this. You felt this vibe. You felt the first, the first practice, the first mini camp. The place was packed. People, you know, I don't think they were sent back. But people were like, you know, they were watching from, like, across the street. And it was, and no knock on Tannehill, but Tannehill doesn't have the buzz that Tua has coming out. It's not you even know? comparable. It, I, no, I really don't even think that's You know, and it's hard to, com- it's going to be hard to compare Tannehill to Tua, obviously, but there was two quarterbacks taken that same year that overshadowed every other draft pick that season between Andrew Luck and RG3. Right, absolutely. Um, and the crazy thing to me is that the third round draft picks that season are the ones that were Super Bowl winners. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles was a third round pick that year. Russell Wilson was Russell a third Wilson. round pick that year. Yeah. So it's just, you know, and that and that's the thing about NFL drafts too is we really don't know shit. We have mm-hmm. no idea. We don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't. All we can do is hope and pray. That's it. Hope and believe that 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 we get that we get that superstar and and let me tell you something, guys. Watching, watching Patrick Mahomes, God, I want that. I want a quarterback like that. Like, I would give my kidney. I would give anything just to have a franchise quarterback. You, um, you guys are making me try to have some expectations, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 a long time coming, man. It's a long time coming, and um and um I think um I think we're set up. I, I I'm excited. I'm telling you, I can't wait for free agency. I can't wait for the draft. 
I'm excited for for what the future holds for the Dolphins. And and I and listen, I said it in the podcast, and I admit when I'm when I'm wrong or I change my opinion, I wasn't sold on Flores. Uh that turned me around towards the end of the season. I like that he made changes. We can argue if Chan Gailey is a right hire. Um, he made the change for whatever reason he felt. I think that's a very smart move. I think young, I think young coaches um, either succeed and fail because they hire their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they hire their friends and they don't know. They don't know when to separate when it doesn't work. Um, however, Adam uh, yeah, Adam Gase is absolutely, um, even though, um, the previous OC did wonderful with Gusecki and did wonderful with, with Parker, uh, everyone else was average. There was absolutely no fucking run game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the fact that Flores said, you know what? I want to get better. I'm going to get better and made the, the decisions that he felt he needed to make. And he sold me. He sold me on it. And I just hope, again, I I hope everything pans out for us because, man, we have been shit for 20 years. And it hurts to say it as a fan, but I'm just, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of, of, of the what if, you know? I'm tired yeah, of the, is it this year? Is it this year? Okay, no, maybe not. Maybe next year. No, we have to wait. We're going to do this to get next year. And then it's just been like that for 20 years, you know, and um, hopefully we're set up. I'm for the curious future. to see how the defense does with the new DC more than the offense. Yeah. Yeah, that one to me is a head scratcher. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, well, no, it's not because the guy just basically got, you know, it's a, it was a lateral move, but he's going to call plays. Mm-hmm. Where he wasn't doing that here. Um, he wasn't doing that here? No, I think he caught plays. I remember seeing him calling plays, I think, the last home game. Well, it was the Bengals game. And I think he started calling plays later on in the season. But he wasn't a play caller because I think Flores said he was going to call the D. The okay, D. so, that, You're so I, can't attribute, I can't attribute that... Uh... That stupid blitz and engage him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was horrible. Yeah. I blame the Arby's man. The Arby's man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, again, I, I might, I might, I might be wrong on that, but I don't think he was the the full time play caller for I the don't defense. Think Flores called the plays for the most part. Yeah, maybe it was fifty fifty between them both. I don't know. But I know now in New York, he's going to be the play caller for the defense and I guess game plan. Maybe that's also it. Maybe he really didn't game plan. It was more floors. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, obviously, I'm not there. But I'm guessing that's why he took the lateral move because he's going to be now the full play caller for the defense and scheme the defense. So we'll get to see. Um, we'll get to see how he does in New York. And if he sucks in New York, well, maybe that means that he didn't do a very good job and that's why he got fired. <laughs> yeah. Well, it kind of goes back to you know, previous Dolphins defensive coordinators. Vance Joseph was super fucking hyped, and he had the 30th ranked defense. So I don't understand. Yeah, I, didn't, what... I didn't understand why he was hyped as a head coach candidate, to be honest. Me neither. I, I really didn't get well, it. Well, I mean, like that year, it was something was weird with our like personnel on. In our backfield, like I think either like super injury prone, and they still like 
it was our red zone defense that was like really big that year. Yeah. And, and so I think that's why they're like, okay, you guys had a decimated secondary, but you really held firm in the red zone. So that's why we think that you're going to be able to take it to the next level. And then uh didn't work out. No, and sure uh, didn't. my friends who are Broncos fans, because they're all over the place here in Montana, uh, they weren't very happy. <laughs> well, he's not done a good job so far. So, yeah. Well, he's not even in the league anymore, I don't think. Is he? Vance, I don't Vance know. Vance Joseph? I'm pretty sure he's done. I don't think he has a job right now. Really? No. I thought he was a coordinator somewhere. Yeah. Big fancy. Yeah. Oh, I have a question for you, Tank. He's hold on, hold on. Former player who played defensive coordinator for uh, Cardinals. I think he was no, no, he was a DC for the Cardinals. Oh wow! Yeah, oh. fired a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got fired after 2018. For from Arizona? No, no, from, from the Broncos. Oh, 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 that's right. Yeah. Vic Fangio is the head coach of the Broncos. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Tank, are you going to be at the draft party that the Dolphins are hosting? At the stadium? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. I'll be going to my. No, I'll be going to my. Uh... My buddies we'll throw we're in their own little draft party. Oh, okay. Um you going to Vegas? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wanted to go to Vegas, but we didn't get the first overall pick, so Yeah. What you guys go see Ollie? <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> no. Nope. No. I don't even know if he's still on Twitter. I don't fucking know. I don't care either. Um, but hey, make sure you listen to the podcast, you bald headed bastard. Yeah, <laughs> be sure to a, never skip leg day again. Nope, I think that's a good, good way to wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we didn't talk about the Midwest at all on this podcast. This was old dolphins, man. Well, we talked about snow, it's close to dust. Oh, yeah, that's right. Here comes Weck with the fuck with the dumb shit. God damn it, Weck. I'm making an observation, an asshole. you asshole. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Go observe that, fucking cuck. <laughs> hey, how about you two guests in the South for this time? How about you go fuck yourself, Taylor? Ooh, okay. Whoa! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right, thanks for guys. listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk shit off air, so... Give you all the footage in Taylor's lost episode that he's gonna put out at some point. <laughs> I just need to. I just need to release it. I think it's done. All right. Thanks for having us on, fellas. You gonna cue the banjo music or no? What, what's going on with that? Ding 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 I don't care. <laughs> anyway, if I was really interrupted by dumbass Wex, thanks for having <laughs> us on. Since he came yes. to say thank you. Thank you for, for having, having on. me on and for inviting Tank for whatever reason. <laughs> Go All down. right. See you next week, fellas. Peace out. Peace. He's probably going to drop me like, man, fuck this motherfucker. <laughs>